Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com at the beautiful campus of Silver Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. Come visit. So it's fun hanging out here. It's very... Um, it's very gray at the moment. <laughs> it's fall. Yeah, I, was waiting, I was waiting for this. As I, I was looking out the window as I was making that sentence, and I, I yeah. it, let it's, me let me draw you the picture for those listening. Right yeah. now, I look out the window. It's it's like all the leaves are down. There's no snow yet, so everything's brown. We have a a nice drizzly day, so it's gray outside. And you look outside, it's like. Mm. Yeah, I was waiting. He was looking outside, yeah. trying to say something. It was like everything paused. <laughs> it's like it's so. So I, w- I wanted to use the word picturesque, <laughs> but, you couldn't. but it didn't quite roll off my tongue. <laughs> yeah, the honesty is killing me, but uh, you're right. That's true. You're that's right. true. Happy. But it is, it is a still a beautiful place. It's just a little mucky at the moment. It is, and it rained hard all last night, so you add that to it. And it it's weird that it's raining to me Yes. at this time of year. Well, this is deer hunting season, and rain is not welcome. Yeah. The deer hunters want snow. That way it's easier to see the deer. Easier to see the deer, easier to track them after you shoot them. I mean, that kind of thing. Right. And, and now it'll be hard to see them and hard to track them. If you don't shoot them right, I mean, the first time, it's going to be hard to well, track Well, at least, them. Dave, now you actually have an excuse for when you miss your deer. I, I do. I do. Yeah, I'll exactly tell you a deer it. story, though, which I told you, but our listeners can hear. Now, I only do, hunted one year before, and I only use a bow. So crossbow. Now, a crossbow. Let me correct that. Yes, it's a crossbow. huge difference between a bow yeah, and a so crossbow. Yes, a crossbow. Which is like a rifle, so I, I know that's, that's why I wanted to make the clarification. Yeah. However, um, you know, I am not much of a hunter, so I'm just going out trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. So I'm going out there and I do different things. So I just thought I'm going to go out on the side of our ski trails and just kind of. I found a log and I laid next to it. Put my arm up, my my arm, my head on my arm. I had the crossbow laying on a log. I was perfectly hidden. Yeah. And perfectly comfortable out in the woods. And I thought, I'll just wait here. I might fall asleep, but who cares? You know, a deer walks by, bam, I got him. Yeah. And there are all kinds of tracks in the ski trail, so I knew that they come by sometime. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of dozing in and out, and I, all of a sudden I look up, and about three feet from me, there's a deer smelling me. Three feet. Probably. Down towards my feet. And it's kind of looking at me, kind of smelling. And, and I haven't been moving. So, I mean, I'm all in camo, and I'm laying next to a log. Right, so right. it's like, what is this? And, uh, and I thought, bummer, I am laying here with my bow going the other direction. And you can't even move. And if I move, he's gone. Right. And, and so I thought, well, I got to move. So I moved, and then I turned around. I don't know where the deer went. Yeah. But I thought, man, that's my story of my life with deer. I, <laughs> I, I, they're here. You're like Elmer Fudd. Oh, man. Did, yeah. did you watch Elmer Fudd? I did. Is that your generation? I did. I watched yeah, Elmer poor Fudd. Poor guy. <laughs> All he wanted was a rabbit. Yeah. Couldn't get one. Yeah. Or the Roadrunner was hilarious, too. Oh, that's because true. Because he always got away. Yep. You know, then it, him and who, who is it? Quick Drama Draw? That went with the Roadrunner? I don't know. Or Wiley Coyote. Wiley, it was Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote. Yeah, who could so. never get him. Can never get the Yeah, Road that's Runner. me. I'm the Wiley Coyote hunter of this generation. It's like, or the Elmer Fudd. I think the Elmer Fudd. Either one. Thanks. But hey, we were talking about scripture. We were. And we talk about how God really makes things simple. There's a God, I'm not him, creation. Yeah. In the beginning, God, he spoke the word into existence. This is not difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. I think that Satan makes things difficult to understand so that we can find loopholes in what is said. Mm-hmm. And once we find loopholes, we figure like we don't have to listen to it because we found a loophole. Right. There are no loopholes in there's a God 
and I'm Dave. No loopholes there. Yeah. Because that means something. Uh, and some people will talk about how Scripture is hard to understand. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to do is just read some Scripture, and we'll read it in context. And I'm going to ask you if you could help explain or tell me how difficult this is to understand. Okay. Well, we go. So um, I really didn't have um, a, too much of an agenda ahead of time, so I picked out one of my favorite books that I think is very practical. Okay. And it's the book of James. James. The book of James in the New Testament. So it says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything so far you don't get? Nope. So you understand what he's saying about himself? 100%. And he says, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Who would that be, the 12 tribes? That would be the the people of Israel. Yeah, this isn't so hard so far. So, so far, we could grab what it says. Yep. Uh, Verse 2, here's where it could get where some people say, I don't get it. So maybe you can help us understand the simplicity of this. Sure. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So it's talking about counting it joy when you go through hard times because you'll be a better person on the other end. Mm-hmm. What, the, what am I missing here? Um, I don't know. I mean, that seems, I mean, what people might, say is confusing is how can you think of hard times as joyful okay let's talk about that right let's talk about how simple that really is right um uh, we talked about the last program budgeting yeah budgeting is harder than not budgeting but the benefits are much greater if you budget right so going through the hard time of budgeting gives you freedom on the other side absolutely okay so i think works my weightlifting yes Exercise in general. Uh, exercise in general. So right. you go out and you exercise, and during the time where you're exercising, it may not feel all that good. To at most that people, moment. there are those weird people that just yes, love they're it. different. So I apologize. And, and, well, there are people who like budgeting too. This is true. Yeah. So it's a, I understand personality. <laughs> so we're going we're going both ways. We're trying so. to hit them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but weightlifting or exercising, yeah, it could even leave you sore. Yeah. When you're finished, if I go weightlift and I haven't done it for a while, man, I'm sore. At right. the end of that. But it benefits me right. long term. Right. There's that phrase, is it your generation or my generation? No pain, no gain? Uh, it's probably Adam. You know what I mean? From there, oh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Sure. It's old. It's, it, it was old. <laughs> but there, when there's I was some young. truth to that. Well, there is. There you is know. no possible way to grow apart from pain. Right. Because even in relationships, you know, at some point in a significant relationship that you have, there's going to be conflict. Yep. And you have to work through that. And it's never easy working through com- conflict. Sure, some conflict might be easier than others, but it's still not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to wake up today. Let me have conflict with my most significant relationship. Yeah. You know, you don't do that. But in every case, once you've worked through it, it's like, oh, I'm glad we went through that. So let's go to the simple and a conflict uh, resolution kind of thing. So it's simple, really. Yeah. Um, two people disagree on something. Yeah. Uh, what are the simple steps that you would take so that you can resolve this? Talk about it. Okay, first of all, uh, you you don't want to defend your side. Yeah. Right? So, first of all, we went before and said in relationships, relationships fall apart. If you have that little notebook we suggested last time, you, have, you look at it and say, okay, from being self-centered. Yeah. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is, is this conflict due to the fact that I am self-centered, I want this to turn out for me the way I want it, and my partner in this uh, either if they're your friend or your spouse, is not thinking about me first. 
Yeah. Okay, if that's the issue, deal with that first. Mm-hmm. Because that's the simple issue. The other thing is really communication. I mean, honestly, if if you're in a relationship with somebody, with my wife, I I may not have communicated well yeah. with her. I may have said something. Now, are you an internal or external processor? I'm an internal processor. I'm an external processor. You have to be careful with us external processors. Yes. We say things so that we can understand them. Yeah. Which means that I can say something while I'm trying to figure it out and end up a 180 on you. Mm. Because I'm processing it like you do in your head, only I'm doing it verbally. Yeah. In our early marriage, I drove my wife nuts. Mm -hmm. Because she's an internal processor who will not say things until she's got it. Right. And I'm going, I think the house needs gutters. But then again, when it rains, and I'm going through the whole process verbally. Yeah. And I end up saying, we don't need gutters. (laughs) Right? Oh, yeah. She would start with, we don't need gutters, because she had thought about it quietly. Yeah. I processed it, and I started with, we need gutters, we don't need gutters. She's learned to be quiet while I'm processing. Mm-hmm. Because all, it, all that's happening is the thoughts are coming out that she would keep in her head. Yeah. Simple, actually. Mm-hmm. Everybody processes. Right. So I would suggest if you're married especially, um, allow your spouse the privilege of processing things the way they do best. And if they're an external processor, I can say this from experience, please let them change their mind while they're talking. And don't think they're inconsistent in doing so because mm-hmm. they're just trying to sort it out at that point. Um, once again, though, you start with thinking the best of whoever you're having a disagreement with. And the testing in our life, the testing makes us stronger people, gives us stronger relationships. Yeah. Um, when uh, women are pregnant and they give birth, this is a testing nine months, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And uh, Linda does not like me talking about childbirth because I've never experienced that and I have no idea what I'm talking about. So I want to acknowledge that on yeah. the front side. <laughs> There's a wise statement right yes. there. However, I do know that, you know, a female body goes through a lot during that childbirth thing. And after they have children, they are so bonded to those children and they love those children. And it's, and, and it's oh, how, that kind of thing. Yeah. You got there because of the pain and and the inconvenience you went through. Mm -hmm. And it's very meaningful in that sense. Yeah. Um, And weightlifting, childbirth, the things in life that are really rewarding Mm -hmm. are things that stretch you a little bit. Right. Um, And that's why, count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why? Mm -hmm. Because for... You know that in the testing of your faith, it'll produce steadfastness. It goes on to say this, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Uh, what kind of, what is steadfastness? How does steadfast, what is steadfastness? Endurance. Okay, doing, doing things. Yeah, like you endure. Through. So going back to our kind of examples that we use, like you think of, say, working out, yep. you know, Sometimes when you start running, it's like, man, I'm just going to stop. Yeah. But instead, you endure through the whole 20 minutes or 25, whatever it is that you set your goal to. You endure through it. Yep. Why? Because it's, it's the process that gets you to the end result. Yep. And the same thing is with our walk with God. And that's what James is trying to say here is that it's the process through those trials 
that gets you to the end result. Yep. You know, and that's what he's saying. Yeah. Lacking is. nothing because the end result is to be like Christ. You know, be reunited, be, you know, because right now we're living this side of the curse yep. of sin. You know, and so if you don't realize that, you have to realize that, you know, the Bible says, like, we've all screwed up. We've all sinned. We've inherited that. And so the only solution to that is a relationship with Jesus. So how do you know, how do you develop steadfastness? We, we just got told. Yeah. So somebody who wants to be known as steadfast, it's not from talk. Right. I mean, I could tell you I am always going to make the right decision about finances, even if I, you know, have to give up. So then later in life you have to Didn't give up. Didn't you just some, say you bought donuts last week? I did buy, I'm well, joking. not last, <laughs> not last week. <laughs> I think I might tomorrow. There you go. But the bottom line really is the steadfastness part comes when we get put in a position to actually grow in areas where we say, regardless of what happens, I'm going to stay the same. Yeah. Um, I have the students at Nicolay Bible Institute, one that I'm mentoring, and every year I tell all the students, but I can check up on the one I'm mentoring, and uh, I tell them this. I say, I want you to, to have a candy bar. I want you to put it somewhere. I want you to look at it every day. I want you to pick it up. I want you to smell it. I want you to tell yourself you could eat it, then put it down and don't eat it. Mm-hmm. it that's a trial I want them to, to have on purpose, the candy bar. You know, yeah. I, I want them to be able to say, my senses and, and my feelings don't control me, and I can demonstrate that with a simple candy bar. Mm-hmm. The people who have done that, it has changed their lives. Yeah. I mean, they have come back and told me they still have a candy bar out. Mm-hmm. And he does. He's going home during the Thanksgiving break. He's going to put a candy bar out at home. He's had one out here. He really likes Smarties. Mm. So he's put two packs of Smarties right there. Interesting. So that he can look at them and want them and say no to them. Yeah. And I'm looking at him going, you're doing this on purpose? You're making life tough on purpose? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, and it works. Yeah. It is causing me to realize that when my feelings come up in other areas, yeah, I don't have to give in to that. Mm. But if you never practice that, if yeah. you never practice, how do you get good at saying no to yourself? You got to practice it. Yeah. So as a dad, three kids, three yeah. sons, how do you get them to be good at saying no to themselves without being overly strict and just limiting their whole life? You know, I mean, how, how would you do that? It's an ongoing process. Yeah. <laughs> it's the repetition. It's, it's trying to teach them and show them. Yeah. You know, I think the candy bar thing could work. I think mm-hmm. parents, I, I would think that you and your wife could sit sometime and say, all right, how can we just make it a natural part of our life? Like Halloween, you are talking about earlier. Yeah. How do we make it a natural part of uh, their life to have them learn that their urges and desires don't have to lead them, mm-hmm. but their urges and desires aren't necessarily always bad? Right. So wanting a candy bar isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. But you should be able to say no to it. And walk right, the other you should way. be able to control it. Absolutely. So I would encourage you as a as a parent and all parents listening, figure out some way to do that. Yeah. And I think you'll see a benefit long term. Yeah. Uh, because they'll realize it's not evil to have this urge. It's not evil to have this desire. But I don't have to listen to urges and desires. And your children would be so different than the rest of the world because of that. Right. And you, all, I mean, you practically described a biblical discipline. Called fasting. Yep. I mean, that's really what that is. You know, so all of a sudden now, as we have a normal conversation, it's like we're making, we're keeping the Bible simple. We're explaining certain 
right. things. You know, I mean, that wasn't in this passage, but no. But l- let's talk about that because again, <clears throat> I think that might confuse some people. Yeah. Uh, what is the purpose of fasting? I think we just talked about it. I think so. You know, it's 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 reminding yourself that you don't have to allow the things around you. You know, because fasting doesn't necessarily have to be food. Right. You know, it could be just something that, you know, you do on a regular basis that, you know, and it's just reminding yourself like, all right, I have self-control. Yeah. You know, and in the moments where I have this, I'm going to redirect my, my mindset. Well, when I was a kid, I can remember people talking about, you know, this is such an important matter that we need to fast and pray. Yeah. As a kid, without reading the Bible at that point, just listening, mm-hmm. I thought, Wow. That shows God how important it is mm. if I fast right. and if I pray. That shows him what I, you know, I'm pretty serious about this. Mm-hmm. As I got older, I realized, but God knows whether I'm serious, whether I fast or not. Yeah. Here I thought fasting was about showing God how serious I was. So now I'm, now, then I was confused saying, well, what's the purpose of fasting if he already knows? Yeah. And um, I couldn't figure it out for years, actually, because... I think I just got, it wasn't that I was ever taught mm-hmm. against or for or anything else. It's just listening to people. Right. I picked up the idea that fasting was something that I could prove something with. Uh, now at my age, exactly what you were talking about. It's, no, all that does is allow you to say no to something that's not good or bad mm-hmm. so that you're in the habit of saying no to your urges and your desires because there are times where your urges and desires are bad. Yeah. And you need to say no to him. And mm-hmm. you need to know that you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham and Isaac, remember that story? Yep. Uh, review it real quickly for our people. What, what, was, what did Abraham, what was he asked to do? He was asked to pretty much sacrifice his own son, Isaac. And so he said, okay, I guess I'll have to do that. You know, he wanted to be obedient. So he took him up, getting ready to do it. Had his son help build the altar. And then his son's like, well, we don't have anything to sacrifice. And that's when he started putting him on the altar and he was pretty much at the point where he was going to sacrifice him. And that's when God stepped in and said, I see that you're obedient, you know, some of the interesting things about that story is you do know that, that uh, Isaac was not a very young boy at that time. No. So he could have taken a, he could have taken his dad out. He could have put up a fight. Yeah. He didn't. So I find that intriguing all by itself. Yeah. But what's really interesting here is, it's kind of like fasting. Do you think that God didn't know what Abraham was going to do? No. So he knew Abraham was going to do what he asked him. Yeah. Yet the word t- testing was used there. Mm-hmm. How does this go together? I mean, what is a test then? Who's it for? It's for Abraham. Yeah. To go through the process. It wasn't for God to know Abraham's mind. Right. I'm a teacher. I give tests. Yeah. Why? Not for your benefit. I know the information. Right. I know the students don't. Some say it's to measure what they know. Not really. It's for them to know what they know. Right. Because they won't study otherwise if they think they know. Right. And some of them do know, so they need to go on beyond that. So for me, the testing process is for the student. The grades you have to give, all that kind of thing, I understand. But the testing is really for the student to know. If they are truly a student, then they will say, well, I don't know this yet, and I don't know this yet, and I don't know that yet, and I need to work on that. Yeah. It isn't for the teacher's benefit. Mm-hmm. Now, the teacher might benefit by saying, I still need to teach him these things. Right. I understand. Right. Um, but I think God knew it. We, if you look at Abraham's life, and again, just reading the scriptures helps you get this. 
But if you look at Abraham's life, he had supposedly a very attractive wife even when she was old. Mm-hmm. So do you remember how many times he pawned his wife off in countries as his sister and the king tried to take his wife then as one of his wives? Mm-hmm. It, it was at least twice. Yeah. Was, was it more than that? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. Well, at least twice. Yeah. So here you have a guy who basically did against what he knew was right. Mm-hmm. Don't you think he was losing confidence that he would do what's right when he was asked? Yeah. I think he was. I, mm-hmm. I think humanly it would be like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to just do what's right no matter what. Yeah. Like, I give in every time I think it's going to be painful. I give in. This idea of James here, kind of all joy brothers, when you, you know, it's not happening. Right. And then I, Isaac comes, and Isaac is the joy of his life. And I think that God knew now. I mean, I, knew, I know God knew. Abraham, you're, you have now, and you're, you will do what I ask you to do, but mm-hmm. you don't believe it. So I need to give you a, this test yeah, so that you know what you actually believe. And I think after Abraham listened to God, I think he probably was walking down that mountain with Isaac, and I think it was very important for Isaac too. Mm-hmm. But I think he was probably thinking, I do believe in God. Yeah, I do believe what he said. Mm. So I think it was God's faithfulness to Abraham to put him through that experience. Yeah. And for the rest of us, we can see what obedience looks like, and we can also understand what God went through with Jesus as he gave his son to us mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of thing. All right, let me read another verse to you, see how complicated this is. Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Hard to understand? No, it's pretty straightforward. What exactly is it saying? That if you want to know something, ask God. Bingo. Yeah. That's not that hard. Yeah. So, so far, if you were talking about, I can't read the scriptures because I can't understand what they mean, they're too difficult. Ask God to explain it to it, you. Yeah, read Make it, it first. Right. Yeah. Are there versions? Now, the Bible wasn't written in English. Correct. It was written in a different language. So, how do people know what version to read? Really, they can read one that they can understand. Okay, you know. so what is the difference between, uh, why is there so many versions? Why, so, it, I mean, just like when you have a translator, people translate using different words, you okay. know, and so, so you have some translations where they wanted to literally take the word and translate it into English, at, but when you do that, it doesn't read well sometimes. Right. And so then what other translations have done if they, is they've done that same thing, but then they've adapted it to our the way that we use words to make it more understanding. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then some versions actually take some concepts because not every word in a different language exists in our language. So then you have other versions that take that step to, to, to use more words in our language to explain it further. Right. Does that make sense? It does. You know, the, the, the Bible wasn't written in our language, so there's a lot of different translations that use a lot of different um, styles. Yeah, and the best one is the one that you'll actually read. If you're really struggling to right. read, go get one called the New Living Translation and, and start there. Right, it, it's really easy to. It's it's just in modern English. Right, absolutely. If you want to study, go find the uh, ESV version. It's called, and maybe read that one. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm reading to you today. Yeah, um, but realize that they're not saying something different. Right, they're just translations, and so since they're a translation. Uh, they're trying to keep up with the modern way that we speak. Right. And, uh, potato, you, potato. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, if you pick up a King James version of yeah. the Bible, which is the one that was so standard for so many years. Yeah. What was that? 1400 or when, when was that written? I don't uh, even remember. It's got a lot of I these and thous. Yeah. And granted, if you're going to read a King James Version Bible, you're not reading modern English. Right. So if you find that confusing, I find it confusing as well. Right. Or they use words that we don't necessarily normally use. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing is sometimes you might come across a translation, you know, so like an ESV might use the word like propitiation. Right. You know, whereas a New Living Translation would take that word and rather than using that word, they would explain it out in a sentence. Right. So they explain this, the concept of it out. So Absolutely. it's it's still saying the same thing. It's just one will take it a step further to make it simpler to understand. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think if you just get in the Bible, one of the goals I have every year is to read the Bible through. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. I was talking with one of our other staff earlier, and I said, yeah, I, for some reason, I usually start around this time of year, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I have no idea why I do not wait to the end of the year. I'm anxious to get into it. And I usually finish it in six months or, or three months, three to six months. Yeah. Because I'll just read more than I should in the little, there are so many guides out there for doing it. Yeah. One of the most important things that I do every, every year is do that. I read it through cover to cover. Yeah. Anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. And there's so many ways, so many programs online that yep. you can read it with. And just take the time every day to read the Bible through. Put it in context. Mm -hmm. And then when you, you read a part of the Bible, it, it's in context and it makes more sense to you. Yeah. So uh, some have told me they have trouble because they're reading something they want to think about it, but they're trying to read the Bible through. I say, well, really have the mind frame, two different mind frames. Sit down and say, this is for reading it through and just read it. Right. And then another time, go and think about what it says, and you could do it differently. But that takes more time. To it do. does take more time, and so do all relationships. Right. Still go to the simple. Yep. The simple is you're not going to have a relationship with anybody you don't spend time with. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to spend time with God but have a relationship with him, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Let's go to chapter 2 of James. Capitulo 2. Yeah, I just want to, uh, again, I think that's how you say it in Spanish. Yeah. Says this, my brothers show no, my brothers show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay more attention to the one who wears fine clothing and say, You sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourself? and become judges with evil thoughts. Is that hard to grab? That's pretty straightforward. What is it telling us pretty straightforward? It's pretty much saying don't allow, you don't show favoritism to right. people. Whether people have money or not whether money, they have money, whether, or whether they're they, from this country or that country. Whether, whether they smell nice or smell yeah, bad, it, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's a very simple concept. If, if yeah. you actually listen to that, you know, you don't show favoritism to people who can give you something for the favoritism you show. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible, in fact, in verse 9 it says this, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin mm. and are convicted by the law of transgressors. It basically says, if you're going to live in a way where you do this, you sin. Yeah. And uh, I think get in the Bible, and thanks. Uh, we'll talk more about this in programs to come. Yeah, unfortunately, we're out of time, but we hope that even in just the few verses that we covered in James, and I encourage you to read the rest of the book of James if you have time today or tomorrow. You know, take some time out and just read the rest of the book. 
Um, we encourage you to tune in again as we continue to talk about just even just the simplicity of following God, um, because we really do think that is something simple. It's just a matter of dying to ourselves and, and making it a discipline and something that we do. But that's all the time we have. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. We'll see you here next time.